everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Taking a break from G.I. Joe after we've actually finished G.I. Joe Extreme. Some people could say we're waiting on Ray to get a logo made for season six so we can get back on the G.I. Joe horse again, but I would not be one of those people. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stekanis. Yeah, the um, artist you hired from Ukraine is probably going to be a little longer. Might be a little delayed. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. The people, the people listening to this in ten years are going to be like, "Hey, what's Ukraine?" Oh boy. Oof! Yikes. Also, also, did we finish? We didn't finish GI Joe Extreme. Don't lead the people astray. We finished season season. one of GI Joe Extreme. There is another season to go. It is two thirteen episode seasons, and that was episode thirteen. You said we finished GI Joe Extreme season one. You, no, you left off the season one. Is what well, I'm it saying. was in my head, right? No, but I, was... but I mean, our viewers are going to unsubscribe if they think that we've got no no more uh, extreme left. We have plenty more GI Joe left, extreme and otherwise. So <laughs> I we was got 26 jump... episodes of Sigma Six. For God's sakes, <laughs> I was going to jump on Ray's error, but I felt uh, that I had to make a Ukraine joke instead. So yeah. wow. I, I, I picked up the slack. Don't worry. I picked yeah, I up the it. making fun of Ray slack. That's why there's that's why there's three of us so the two of us can pile <laughs> on at any given time. Y'all are like the Legion of Doom of podcasters. The wrestlers or the making, super villains making quick tags and uh, no dominating. one thinks of the Thank wrestlers you. first, Chan. Haven't we already had this debate? I only think of the wrestlers. I forgot there was a super villain team. The, that was me checking in uh, so that Ray would clarify for the people. The Road Warriors. Wait, do you mean the Mel Gibson movie? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway, no, you're, thinking of, you're thinking of you the, the Friday Master? the 13th movie, The Dream Warriors. That's not even Friday the 13th. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. That's what I said. Nightmare on Elm Street. That is not what you said. Listen. Yeah. Look, I said season. I said we finished season one of G.I. Joe Extreme. Uh, guys, am I having a stroke right now? What's happening? You've been having one long stroke for the past five years that we've been doing this podcast. I mean, I mean you're not wrong. There's one thing that people say about podcasts is it's one long stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Take that how you will. You know what? Well, Just go ahead and nope. make your Moving own joke forward. there. Moving straight forward. We are talking about a show called Alf Tales that uh, I knew about the Alf animated show. I didn't realize there was a second Alf show. That's a cartoon from 1988 called Alf Tales, starring Alf. Yeah, this is technically a spinoff of Alf, the animated series. I also forgot that this existed. Yeah. And I went to the Wikipedia page, and it only ran for one season. And man, is this show... This is like hat on a hat on a hat. And honestly, I don't hate it. But there's a lot of layers to it. Like, I I would be curious how the TV pitch went for it because I'm I'm gonna try and summarize what it is. But it's basically <laughs> a spinoff of Alf in that it has the same characters. Like Alf is there and Alf's mom is there, uh, and and they're reenacting fairy tales. So much like fairy tale theater, it's Alf and his crew r- sort of doing modern day versions of fairy tales. So that's the first level. But then there's also like another another layer is that they they sort of like modernize them. So one is, you know, like Cinderella, but it's 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 set in like a in like the 1950s and Alf is like Elvis. So then another layer is that they do each episode in like a different movie or TV genre. So <laughs> Like, it's just, okay, Alf spinoff, reenacting fairy tales, like modern day spin, but each episode is a different. So one is like a detective noir style. Yeah. And then on top of all that, it's shot like it's as if it's like a real live show, like SNL, like Alf does a talking to the camera at the beginning of it. Again, sort of like fairy tale theater, but you know, he just sort of like comes out and he's like, oh, t- tonight our show is about Sleeping Beauty and I'm going to play Sleeping Beauty. And then at the end, they all come out and music plays like it's SNL. So there's like seven layers to this cartoon that's a spinoff of another cartoon that's a spinoff of a live action show about an alien puppet. 
Now, did, do, should we explain who ALF is? I assume a lot of our listeners maybe don't know that no, about the ALF property. No, if our property. listeners don't know about ALF, they can eat shit and die. Oh, well, well there you have if, it. If this is you pandering to that one, like, 17-year-old that you work with again, Ray, he can eat shit and die. I don't even work with him, and he's not 17. What is happening right now? I mentioned that I talked to a college-age guy one time, and Gina, you know what it is. Gina needs him for the basement. I understand. Uh. New place, new basement, no, you know what? new herd. Even, he's not even worthy of the basement. If he's like, oh, I don't know shows from before when I was born, you don't belong in my basement. Dude. I am not having this conversation again. <laughs> the number, no, Gina, I'm not even no, The number of 24-year-olds you had to explain pop culture to must number in the thousands. What no, are we talking about? I pick about right my twenty-four-year-olds based on their knowledge of eighties cartoons. Okay, <laughs> and here's the thing: who among our listeners do you think like does not know? You think Channing Sherman is sitting at home like Alf? I've never heard of Alf before. No, because Channing Sherman is a classy, educated man who knows everything about Alf. Okay, you think Psycho Andy is at home? With it probably surrounded by toys and not a single one of them is an ALF toy? No, we're not explaining what ALF is. All I, all I heard from all of that is that Channing Sherman, if you see Gina walking down the street, run the other way. She's coming <laughs> for you. That's all I heard. I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing is a uh, uh, 2020s reboot of uh, 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Only like Gina's just collecting like young boys who know <laughs> pop culture from 20 years before they were born. It's like a flight of the navigator, uh, uh, kind of a situation. Was that the movie where the kid was really good at video games? Or no, it was last starfighter. That's what it was last starfighter. So it's like, you have the kid who's really into eighties pop culture, but it was all just a test to make his way to Gina's basement. Yeah. I've kidnapped dudes based on how they did, how high they scored in an arcade game. This, again, this all holds up uh, to me, uh, but I, I'll tell you right now, Gina, you said you didn't hate this. I kind of loved this show. Uh, yeah. I assumed walking in the door, I was going to just be like, this is fucking awful. And instead, I the third, my third note is this is actually very fun. This is a there's fun, also a lot of like show. adult jokes in there, too. Like there's a character that's clearly Bob Dylan. There's a Ted Koppel character, which like kids, kids aren't going to get that. So oh, that I, I appreciated. it. I thought like, oh, this is kind of one of those cartoons that's really like aimed at the adults. Yeah, I didn't I didn't recognize that as Bob Dylan. I don't really know musicians who came what before my time. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? Uh, Ray the Troll. What oh wait, the, what are we talking the, about right now? The favorite version. <laughs> um <laughs> favorite version. He's back. <laughs> um I was confused by this. I remain confused by it. I can't decide whether I um don't like it or I loathe it oh. or some other, you know, Maybe I, at, at the very best, I'm like, I, I, I might be able to concede that like, well, this was a, like a big swing at a time where there wasn't a lot of quality stuff and they got their wires kind of crossed because yeah, there are adult jokes in there, but are they good jokes? I would argue that yes. I would argue yes. I think honestly, the jokes were hitting for me. They're coming fast and furious like a naked gun movie. It's just pop, 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 pop. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I got enough hits in there and enough uh, funny moments like that split screen gag was so good they went back to it a second time. That was a mistake. But the point is that it worked the first time and I thought it was really, really funny. Uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But um, yeah, I, they I, have, I they have like good. a. I agree. They had a bit where like someone accidentally changes the channel from the ALF TV show that we're watching. And what's on screen is like a grotesque version of Garfield, which I funny. thought was, was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was like a lot of sort of visual gags and, and y you're right. It was a big swing. Like I said, there's like seven layers to this of, I can imagine someone coming in and pitching and saying like, what if it's, what if it's like ALF retelling fairy tales? And they're like, eh, why is that funny? And it's like, all right, maybe it's Alf retelling fairy tales, but he's doing it in a ridiculously in a, in a ridiculous modern way. Ugh, what else you got? And it's just like it, an improv scene keep where adding, eighty keep people keep coming this, in and this. adding something else. That's why. That's 
exactly what it reminded me of. It's it's a huge uh, uh, jam scene that follows plot and just like piles on things that don't make any sense. And so, yeah, like I I kind of get where it came from, but like like unless I'm running lights for the thing, like I'm <laughs> not going to sit through a jam. Come on now. Uh, how dare you, Chen? I found this to be absolutely delightful, <laughs> so let's break into it. This particular episode is called John Henry, and this is so funny, and I, maybe, Chen, you picked this because I mentioned the John Henry story in a Who Would Win episode like a week ago. No. I uh, brought here's the deal. It. it was I, fresh in my mind as a result. I picked it, and I feel bad because apparently uh, there's rapping in the Rapunzel episode, so we missed and that, that would have been a something else. I mean, a lot uh, of the descriptions of a lot of the other episodes were were much stranger than than this one. There was, yeah, there was there was rapping in the Rapunzel one. You know, there was the the aforementioned like, uh, oh, I guess this ran for two seasons, apparently. Um, the episode yeah. list I had only had titles, and I was like. Which one would be the most uh, problematic or concerning? Or like, <laughs> where are the most pitfalls? And I'm like, oh, the one about the black guy who dies uh, from doing uh, heavy labor. Oh. Let's see what they do with this. So then yeah. I like the door Here's... opens and they're like, whoop, we are sidestepping that so far completely. We are yeah, not which, acknowledging but, any. But to be fair, it sounds like they did that. It, like in all of them, the main character is going to be Alf and they change it. So like, for instance... It, the Cinderella one was the Alf uh, plays an Elvis like rock star version who will only who will marry only the girl whose voice can shatter glass, which is which is funny. I think that's funny. funny. Yep, I like it's it. that it's a take on. But this one is the most intriguing to me, and I wish we had watched it. It's Jack and the Beanstalk, and the description is: Keep in mind, this is a kids' cartoon mm. for for kids in the eighties. Alf plays Jack Bates, son of Norman Bates, nah. in this take on the classic fairy tale filled with Hitchcock references. And that to me is what? like a what? that that reminds me of Tiny Toons. Like Very that much, right yeah. there is something like there's the Tiny Toons episode where they where they, you know, spoof Citizen Kane. And to me, this is so that's why I liked it, because this to me, it read like a precursor to Tiny Toons, like Tiny Toons would always do stuff where it was like, oh, this is we're going to do this in the style of a film noir, except it's about like kids eating their broccoli. And and like there were always a lot of jokes in there in both Tiny Toons and in Animaniacs that like clearly kids wouldn't get. So so I liked it because it sort of it reminded me of like, oh, this is a precursor Alf, Alf Tales walked so Tiny Toons and Animaniacs could run. <laughs> uh, well, here, here's the deal. Let's let, let's crack this open this egg uh, because you know he, he refers to uh, this yokel uh, as the Bob Dylan character, which just that just made me laugh right out the gate. He's like, "Hey, I'm Alf, and I'm here with this yokel," and I just am already like, "That's fucking hilarious!" Like, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> he wants to do John Henry, but telling the story of a chef, which I'm just like, I'm interested. I'd like to see where you go with this, Mr. Alien Lifeform. While we're here, can we just talk about how grotesque all of these um, versions of, yeah, Melmachian versions of human celebrities are? <laughs> Oof, they're they're just, horrifying. All of it, it just, ugh. I mean, I Alf himself is horrifying. Like, yeah, that's, got... that's, the, that's like the main point of Alf was he was so, he was supposed to be so hideous. Uh but but yeah, I I love it because they they draw they draw the Melmac version of Bob Dylan with like his sort of hound dog eyes and the circles under his eyes and he's got the harmonica sticking out and he talks exactly like him and it's it adds an extra layer of horrifying to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it, a lot of fun. Uh, it, so when he says I'm gonna turn it into being a chef and I'm like, great, I like Top Chef. Let's go. Uh, you know, I would say that the eating cat jokes, like it felt like something somebody wrote as a one-off and then somehow it just became a thing. What the hell? Did you never watch the original Alf? That was like, I, I was watched the original Alf. I, to me, that's a throwaway joke that they just kept going with. Uh, no, because that was it, a I've major never enjoyed part, that. I've never that enjoyed That was a it. major part of his personality in the show because the family had a cat and like right. once during every episode, it was like, where's the cat? And then you would see like, 
he had just put it in a pot and he's going to bake it or like, you know, like he, he stuffed him under his shirt or whatever. So it's, it's, I appreciated the fact that they, that they stuck with the mythology Wait. that they had set up. <laughs> Wait a minute. He Alps stuffed it under his universe. shirt. You don't do that with food. Yeah, you do. <laughs> if you're trying to hey, steal well, a turkey from Ralph's. Oh, yeah, all right. No, I've done that. Do. Sure, sure, sure. I steal a turkey, <laughs> sir. I'm just very large. <laughs> um, so he's a, he, okay. So he makes Poe man's catfish, which is a cat and a, and a, and a fish. And that anyway, moving forward, uh, he has a cooking show. His name is John Henry. He's played by Alf. He's got a cooking show and he's like a celebrity chef. So he's like the Emerald Legacy of his time. And the show uh, is that's called. Your, that's your go-to celebrity chef, a celebrity 80s, chef from about 20 the, years ago. Okay. For, yeah. From that era. Yeah. I mean, that's Julia Child, I guess would be the other one, but like, you know, you didn't uh, have the, the Google Emerald Gourmet. Come you're on. You're putting now. Emerald in the same category with, uh, uh, Okay. I mean, look, Julia Child walked so that Animaniacs and Tiny Toons could run. <laughs> but Emerald goes back a long time. He was one of yeah, the original like TV been, chefs. I, he hasn't been famous. Like, I haven't heard a peep out of okay, Emerald listen, in the past, like, 10 em- years. Em- Emerald still shows up because he needs checks because his restaurants all failed and closed. And so, poor Emerald. He gets paid to do TV gigs uh, and probably a lot of local spots, like, you know, in, like, Nebraska and stuff. You know, like, uh, sad, sad life Emerald. But um, yes, he looks very <laughs> defeated and old now, but he does still appear on all the shows. And I mean, look, uh, when F- Futurama used him as their reference, I'm allowed to as well. Futurama, you mean the show from 20 years ago, Futurama? Even longer. <laughs> Was it 99? It had a very long run, Ray. It's still going, even today. Still even going. tomorrow, it'll still be yeah, going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a show that will never die. <laughs> Let it die. Um. Okay, so uh, uh, he, uh, again, lots of stuff going on here. Alf, uh, John Henry, is in charge of the president's meal. He's gotten it for four years in a row, and they're waiting on the call to tell him that he's going to be in charge of the president's big uh, banquet meal, and he wants to get that job. Okay, it's a little weird, a little bit of a left turn in the episode, but that's where we're going with it. That's the big uh, place we're going. Cut to a mad scientist. But he decided he's not a mad scientist. He's just an irked scientist in a bit I found genuinely funny. You know what? Jam- I'll I'll grant you this was a funny bit. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this was the character that reminded me the most of Chan. So it makes sense that this is what he liked about the episode. Okay. This all holds up. Uh, the most brilliant mad scientist boss a guy could ever have. I am not mad. I'm just a little angry. Well, not angry, really. I'm peed. No, here it is. I'm irked. I am an irked scientist. Like, if that line doesn't work for you, you're not going to have a good time with this show. I mean, it could also work for you, and you could still not have a good time with the show. Well, I I appreciate. Now, here's the deal. His name is Arts Cuisine, and I got the joke immediately, and that made me very, very happy. Uh, cause it's, it's a, it's a pun, pun name that I understood and those don't come very often. Art cuisine. Yes. As in, he made a machine, the cuisine art. It's a play on cuisine art, which gotcha, is the, gotcha. which is the chef machine for your kitchen. The, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Apparently they I'm the only long... one who got it. Ladies and gentlemen, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you're, but I think that that's because your brain mixes things up as it is. So when something <laughs> is mixed up, then your brain reads it as normal. I've been calling the Queensland art the art cuisine for 35 years. So yes, <laughs> yes, valid. P- drop the banner. <laughs> I got one. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I like that bit. Uh, he has a machine. He's created a machine. Uh, this is very much the uh, Theranos of of cooking appliances it's one machine that can do it all uh you put whatever you want to into the machine and it shoots out a tv dinner uh it's always the same tv dinner regardless of what you put into it and uh the mad sci- irked scientist excuse me art cuisine he will refuse to taste it because he says i mean literally turns to the camera his partner is 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 his servant says uh, uh don't, don't you want to taste and see how it tastes he turns around the camera and goes fuck how it tastes and i was like whoa this show's going for it Mm, yeah big swings big swings big swings all over the place so we then uh, uh let's see 
Uh, okay, big TV commercial time. He's on TV selling his machine, and he says, uh, you got to buy it. He uses little hypnosis tricks on it, so it's reminiscent of that one G.I. Joe episode where everybody's buying the crap off TV uh, because of hypnotism. Um, <laughs> just saying, it's the same exact gimmick. Care for and- some gum, Joe? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Yeah, and, another another sign. So this is the this is the next character that Chan will play for our Halloween is the Earth scientist from Alf. <laughs> I love uh, it. He also um, plays on you know like when Alf is cooking, he's he's really like he's chopping everything. He's making lovely tomato roses that look delightful. Point. And then he gets home and and his wife is like, oh, I don't want to do all this chopping, which I get it, girl. I hate yeah. chopping. It's it's I have to do it like I have to watch these podcast episodes one minute at a time. And then I take a break. Uh, <laughs> and, and so he gets home and she's like, I don't want to chop all these vegetables. Oh, well, I guess I'll do it. And then on the TV, this dude really plays into the fact that it's like, hey, it takes a long fucking time to make food. What if it didn't? So he's basically giving you a meal delivery kit, mm-hmm. uh, but you can put anything in there from gym socks to to paper. So like you know, I, I would have probably I would have probably let myself be hypnotized into buying this. Yeah, I'm confused how the science works on this machine, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, part of the reason why I didn't like it is because it felt like they were saying something like, like, okay, you know, like a, a consumer culture uh, or, you know, uh, the industrialization of food or something like that. But like they weren't, they, they had like, it had the, the structure of um, a message uh, but it was just no. there because it just uh, coincidentally. That's, that's why I liked it because I like I hate you know I I don't I'm not a fan of like cartoons with a message for little kids like little kids don't always need a fucking lesson like just right. do do some funny jokes and toss it in there. So no, like, I'm just I, I'm glad that it felt sort of like a disconnected weird like mad scientist making not food into food. Uh, but whereas like, and also I feel like you could argue that the, the actual message is when there's an art to something like no matter what, you're eventually going to crave art again, which is, which is spoiler alert. What happens in the end here, which is Mm. the president craves the art. Uh, (laughs) I just think it wasn't the message. Maybe you wanted Chan. I, mean, I thought the uh, message is just that TV dinners are kind of flavorless, and I think if that's your swing, take it. That's a, that's a, that's a that's a that's a low hanging fruit right there. <laughs> um, okay, so he hypnotized the crowd, and I love I love this bit too because they keep asking uh, people keep asking, "Are you trying to take over the world? You're a mad scientist. You trying to take over?" The world? He's like, "No." And then as soon as everyone buys it, he literally has his machine in three out of every three households. Now I asked the question, of course. Um, that by itself would make you enough money that you could just be a supervillain. You wouldn't need to do anything else. You now have mm-hmm. enough money to run a small country. Quite honestly, uh, that should have been your end game. But much like a Deke Cobra plan, they take it one more absurd step further <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. Wait, um, but here's like you can you think you can make a product, sell a bunch of them, and then retire? That's how you think money works? Well, uh, ask the guy who made Wordle. Thank you. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I feel uh, like this dude's uh, end game was to ruin John Henry's life, which and is weird. Yeah, he had more than enough money to just do that. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. now I get this thing done. I'm just gonna go and and tell all these robots to murder John Henry. Done deal. <laughs> not, not even that. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. There's there. So there's an extra layer here that that both the both the mad scientist and John Henry were in cooking school together and john henry was sort of the fate he he went on to become famous whereas a mad scientist didn't have the talent so he's he's jealous and bitter he is uh true. which we all understand we all know those people uh so Jesus. so <laughs> i like the fact that he his his main goal is really just to humiliate him so he's first he's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking sell a bunch of these things which is humiliating to you because you always say like don't go for fast cooking and then, and then he's like, "All right, I'll challenge you to a cook off, and I'm gonna beat you because mm-hmm. I can make them much faster with my." And then I'm gonna steal the one job that you look forward to every year. So I, sure. I, I appreciate the fact that he's so single minded. He did, he did all, all of this those... without turning them into murder robots. I think that's yeah. where the plan goes sideways. All he got was... everything he wanted. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and Jen, do you have a <laughs> yeah, sound pull? Right. You have sound pull for I okay, think I, so- I, bla- I blacked out the, the murder robots. <laughs> the murder robots is like an end of act three point. That is completely <laughs> unnecessary uh, uh, because he's already done everything he set out to do and become the person he always wanted to be. I don't understand. But I, I do love the fact that they sort of morph into sort of these eye robots from like Johnny Quest. Uh, that sort of made me happy. Uh, and he just pulled a lever because, yes, he is trying to take over the world. There's a sound pull right after he pulls the lever cham. Uh, uh, that's oh, just, I know. I you know, know exactly what I want to hear, and I want to hear it. Now you'll want to blanch your almonds, so boil some water. Blanching your nuts can be troublesome, but it's <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! That joke is there for me and me only, and I, I still think it's hilarious. I chuckled. Yeah, oh that is God. that is one hundred percent, and that's a part of the reason uh, uh, I didn't care for this was because oh. the tone. Uh, shifts like that is absolutely a four adults joke um, that just like you know (laughs) they snuck in there and I'm okay with it when it's sort of you know of a piece you know um, but when it's just like kids 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 all of a sudden balls let's talk about (laughs) your fucking testicles yeah this is like blanch blanch your nuts is always troublesome that shit is hilarious um (laughs) G.I. Joe will return after these messages. And now it's his turn. It all started back when I was a kid on Melmac. And my name was Gordon. Gordon Shumway. Actually, I prefer Alf. <laughs> it's new storytelling Alf. Say on Melmac, no tabby burger. And he sings, he moves, he tells stories, and even knock-knock jokes with lots of uproarious cassettes to choose from. I'll tell you, kiddo, I'm just having too much fun. Storytelling Alf. Extra cassettes sold separately. Batteries not included. New from Coleco. Now back to G.I. Joe. Um, this is what the part Gina talked about before. Uh, Alf, uh, nobody's watching his show anymore. Uh, so he's already been ruined. Uh, sorry. Everybody's into this robot uh, art cuisine uh, thing. And so Ted Koppel, we talked about the Ted Koppel. Uh, he, he, he schedules a one-on-one face-to-face between Art Cuisine and John Henry. Like, anybody should even give a shit, but here we are. They agree to have a cook-off in a, in a stadium, like a baseball stadium, with the winner getting to do the president's dinner, a totally normal thing. And, it's, and they have th- – I love this because this is, like, where all the cooking shows come from, right? This is how Top Chef got its start. They watched mm-hmm. this episode, and they were like, huh – yeah. Oh. Yeah. Their pitch to the network was just bringing them this episode of Alf and saying it. it's this, but with humans. <laughs> and somehow somebody said, yes, um, you have to make a six course meal in 30 minutes, but it's not that, it's, that you have to make a six course meal. It's how many six course. Me- you can't make one six course meal in 30 minutes. <laughs> that was goddamn hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> and it's as many as you can. I'm sorry. That shit's funny. And so you have hard work versus machine. And it turns out uh, in 30 minutes, uh, John Henry struggles to make one plate of food, much less a six course fucking meal. Meanwhile, piles upon piles upon piles of TV dinners are made by the robots. So art cuisine gets the presidential gig. Uh, I found I found this to be ridiculous in in the best way possible. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I actually thought that this was going to go in a different direction. I assumed instead of the murder robots, I assumed this was going to be like, because no one, no one is saying that the food tastes good. So I assumed it was going to be, he was going to go to the, you know, go to the president's dinner and like make it and everyone was going to get food poisoning or it was terrible. And then like the only one that can sort of come in and save the day is Alf with his delicious homemade cooking. We never see anyone eating this sort of inedible stuff. (laughs) I loved it. Um, and his show is called the ED gourmet, which also made me laugh. Um, he's now, he's now so depressed after losing, he's doing it like drunk with wearing like a sleeveless white t-shirt. Yeah. And, he's wearing a wife beater. There's a fly yeah. floating around him. And like, at some point he's just like, you know, like making the food and he's like, we're on the air. And someone's like, no, you're not. The show has he's been not. canceled. His so he's just like in an empty TV studio. <laughs> like drunkenly doing his cooking show, which is so sad that I, it makes me love it. I will say that I do like the dish that he's making. Uh, hi, 
this is the uh, Edie Gourmet. I don't know. Let's make something easy. Cornflakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cornflakes. Makes me laugh. Chad, I, I don't understand how you don't love this. This is amazing. He, this is he, all your. These I are all your. I understand how you loathe it. I can understand how you'd be like, it's it's not for me, but it's all it's all right. But you said you might loathe it. That's well. That's the thing. Is like uh, I feel like that there's something here, and it's not like uh, um, you know the people that made this are bad or are like trying to make something super oh, weird and gross. But like uh, uh, um, uh, it just it feels like they might have and i couldn't quite tell if if that was the case or if they like i said just took a big swing and uh just had a lot of things going on and it all just kind of mashes together into something kind of un- unpalatable i mean i might even watch another episode of this just for fun i yeah. i, I kind of want to watch the <laughs> the psycho uh you know the psycho hitchcock episode i want to well, see what hitchcock uh jokes they slip in there Tina, we are doing a live show this Wednesday afternoon. I think that this show, I honestly think this show is too good to do mm, that. Wow. Like, I, I think right. it would. All right, Chad, find be, something racist, I guess. <laughs> I think it'd be too entertaining. Again, sort of like <laughs> Animaniacs or something. That's fair. You can't watch Animaniacs or Tiny Toons for this show. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's fun. So we have the presidential bank uh, uh, banquet. And the machine uh, is in the kitchen. He serves all the food. And and, and the president, uh, uh, I wouldn't vote for this guy just based on his lack of foresight. He says, I didn't hire the only chef who could make these tomato roses, but no. I really want a tomato rose. No, here's the thing. I think to, to me, it seems like the president was not aware. Like to me, it seems oh. like it's not like the president is hiring him directly. It's like he he just expects it to be the same. And then this guy is like, oh, he, like the president is like, well, where are my tomato roses? And they're like, uh, well, we don't have them. And he's like, why? It totally makes sense that he would delegate this dinner. They had a goddamn nationally televised cooking competition in a stadium. You think presidents have time to watch TV? What kind of insane president has time to watch TV all day long (laughs) and then going and tweeting about it? This was... Could be anybody. what you did there. Could be... (laughs) Executive time, Gina. It's called executive time. They have other stuff, other things to do. I'm not convinced that this particular president has a whole lot to do, though. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Um, so they end up having to go and hire John Henry back just to make the tomato roses. There's a it, giant it, machine in the kitchen that attacks and, and, and kind of body horror <laughs> demolishes this yeah. poor Secret Service agent. It was like, creepy in a weird way. I, I will say, though, that as like as a as, as an alien race who eats cats. Yes. Like we because it's not just Alf that eats cats, which like on the show, it was very clear that like. Alf is probably the only one like he might or might not be the only one of his kind on earth. He, he discovers this thing called a cat and he wants to eat it. But in this show, it's like they go to the supermarket and there's an aisle of live cats that they can buy. Yeah. So I will say that it, it like it, that the tables were turned and that this secret service man was turned into food serves him right. <laughs> Uh, into it. I, no, uh, I'm not I, into it. I'm not into it at all. I lied. I am. Uh, uh, one of the things that like the grotesqueness of the character design really put me off. Um, the advisor to the president. Clearly, I, I wasn't sure if the president was supposed to be someone specific. It was real hard to tell. But I feel like the advisor might have been Henry Kissinger. But I oh, couldn't wow. tell. Oh, Probably I did not get thin. Henry Kissinger vibes. And, and either, all the but... other ones were very obvious to me. All yeah. the other ones where they were doing um, someone famous were obvious to me. I, I want to talk about the body horror again, because this this poor Secret Service agent goes to the kitchen and gets shoved in the, the, the machine. And then later we see him on a TV tray, literally cut up and vivisected into pieces, but no. still alive. No, and he's, still he's covering clearly, the tray. Bent into shape in the tray, like he's yeah, like he he's bending pieces. over, and he says something like, "Oh, it's been a hell of a day," or something, something that made me laugh. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I was too horrified <laughs> to laugh, but it was funny. Um, no, I just, I, I, it, Chan, it if you me. could find it, so I can remember what made me laugh, because I didn't write it down for some reason. Bob, you okay? I feel like a little dinner. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that was funny. That was funny. He's bit. smushed into into a TV dinner. He says, "I feel I like f- a little dinner." So I gross. I feel like a little dinner. I, it made me laugh, and then the and then I think perfect. around here is when is when it switches to hideous hideous Garfield. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he's like. That's when he, uh, that's in the final confrontation. To be fair, but before we get there, uh, we find out that John Henry in his slide in his slide into depression uh, has is now he's working at a soup kitchen. Like a like apparently uh, ten minutes later, I don't know how any of this works, but um he's he's working he's serving spaghetti at a soup kitchen with no sauce, so times are tough. And it was weird because like that should be a charity thing. Like he is helping homeless people, but they're like, oh, disgusting being around people without houses. Ugh. Yeah, I Maybe. think you're reading into it a little too much. Uh, I think this is the 80s, and Reaganomics was very much a thing. No, to me, Fair. this just read as this is the only place that he could, that anyone will still let him cook. Like, Seems he's weird. a celebrity chef who lost his show and is down and down on his luck, and the only place that would, like, hire him to actually cook is a soup kitchen. Is that funny? <laughs> How is that a bad thing? Because I'm sure it pays a whole hell of a lot less than his old job. Now he took over Mother Teresa's position and is like helping poor kids in the slums of India. Like, okay, so so if I if if I logged onto the podcast next week and said uh, I you know I I got fired from every writing job, Mm -hmm. but the homeless shelter down the street hired me to write. Yeah, no. Write riddles to riddles. read to people. They're, <laughs> they're paying me one sixteenth of what, what I made. What? Oh my god, Gina! What do you think happens at homeless shelters? <laughs> I think people write limericks. <laughs> I think they hire washed-up writers to write limericks. Okay, look in Los Angeles, sure. <laughs> But in Los Angeles, that's exactly what happens to washed up writers. I think and they, the they hire good for washed up writers and, and old improv troops to come and entertain people that are staying overnight at the shelter. <laughs> oh, oh I mean, we laugh because the world is a horror. The world is a horror? What? Are we, what? Look, that was a little too real, Gina. Um, <laughs> the, the part that I don't understand is 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 for years before this, years, at least a minimum of four to five years, because that's how long he's been doing the presidential dinner. He's been a major television star, uh, salesman, pitchman, uh, uh, greatest chef in the world. Where's all the money he saved up? Why is he now relegated to a soup kitchen instead of going on vacation? Like, I don't understand, like, how in, in these tales... They suddenly go destitute overnight. Has he been pulling like a hammer and like buying gold plated toilets and stuff? No, he's lost his glorious purpose. Well, my glorious purpose is money. And if I had money, I'd be fine. And I just, he could still cook for his family. No, he he had a purpose that was like showing people how to cook. If I had a bunch of money, I would still want to write. You're telling me you would have a bunch of money and you would just not want to work? That would be so boring. Yes, oh, if I had a bunch of absolutely. money, all I would do is write. I'd write. I'd write about vampires. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I would do. I, don't, I would be incredibly bored, and I would. So I get it. He liked. He liked cooking. He was cooking in front of people. He was showing people how to cook. And now he has no audience anymore. So he he's a, a narcissist. Yeah. No. Why do you think actors that are like 81 years old are like, yeah, I'll come out of retirement and do this movie? It's because they're he bored. They're narcissists. No. It's I thought it was bored. because they had like five alimony payments like Ric Flair. <laughs> My man's 73 years old, still wrestling. Like, Jesus, <laughs> he's going to die in the ring and he's going to be it's going to be on purpose. Poor Ric Flair. Ugh. Anyway, we're here into phase three now. Uh, uh, for inexplicably, this is the moment when the, all the machines become sentient and attack people. And ta- he wants to take over the world. It's phase three, man. This was the plan all along. It's a terrible plan. Phase it's two a was a win. Plan. 
Yes. Phase two is a win. Phase three is the drop off. You know, it's like <laughs> you were good. You were good. You could have stopped. Um, he tries to has a ro- killer robot. He says, okay, Mr. President, this is so reminiscent of the GI Joe extreme. We just watched where he says, okay, Mr. President, I'm in control of the world now. <laughs> like what? That's not how anything works. <laughs> and the president also kind of looks at him. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which I also kind of appreciated. Uh, Alf the president's fighting... just, he's just still focused on getting his, his tomato rose. He's well, like, I don't him? care who's in charge of, of the world. Give me my damn tomato rose. I got this oh, gig for we, one reason only. Tomato we rose. Did, we did skip over this gag, which um, kind of sums up my feelings about this. On the one hand, it's um, a pun that is very like laboriously constructed. And it takes almost the entire episode to build to. And when you get there, you're like, wow, you had to. You had to jump through some hoops to get there, um, w- which is, you know, uh, fundamentally counter to my style of uh, of wordplay. And yet, I have to respect it because it's. I mean, they they did a lot of work to get here. Oh, Ethan, phase three. Attention, K art choppers. Yeah. Oh wow! It's I didn't even pick K- up on that art- one chopper yeah i, was I like, okay, that was the first time that in the episode that i realized why they why they named it that i was like i yeah. had the same thought i had the thought of did they name it that for this one joke almost at the 100%. end of the episode oh yeah i yeah wow. i had this i had the same thought but clearly ray picked up on the art cuisine thing well i did it first and then when they did that joke i was like Oh wait, was the joke for that instead? And so the whole thing was just so no. Uh, it, pulled, it pulled double duty. It pulled double duty. It, they it got did. two jokes out of it. it guys, should, can we I talk the... more about how I got a joke that you, that, that you guys didn't? Because I really <laughs> feel like that's going underappreciated in this episode. Uh again, don't uh, celebrate your dyslexia. <laughs> Look, no, you I should think all it. all all exias should be um, supported. Thank you. <laughs> What other axioms um, are there? I, I'm assuming uh, dyslexia, he's thinking of anorexia. Anorexia, um, mm-hmm. uh, a big mm-hmm. flexia. That's mm-hmm. for the makers of a flex seal and their big corporation that's taking over the world. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got. Mm-hmm. I bet mm-hmm. you there's another though. This checks out. I bet you there's another. People at home right now, you got one, and I don't know it. Anyway, moving forward, Al fights the giant robot. We knew where we were going here. Uh, there's a great chandelier bit where uh, 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 he he destroys the robot uh, with the remote control, but he, uh, he hits the wrong remote button. And so he turns on this absolutely horrifying image of a Garfield clone that is goddamn <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, uh, it's been- great. It, we should we should when we tweet this out, we should tweet out a picture because it's. It's just Garfield, and he has stuffed himself, which he did frequently on the show. But the way they animated it is just horrifying. so horrifying. Like, and I think I think he doesn't even get out. Like, he doesn't even get any words out. He's just like heavily breathing because he's eating so much. <laughs> he's just got tiny, tiny limbs and this just distended belly. Yeah, and, and he's like so on his back, gross. and he's clearly just eating a bunch of lasagna. But it's like he's not doing well. <laughs> he is doing very poorly in See, this, this moment. Is Again, Chan, this made me laugh. Yeah, that's that doesn't that doesn't help at all. <laughs> Despite the constantly flowing gags that worked, I hated this comedy show. What are Constant we talking about? Right it's such a strong oh, Chan hates joy, he hates uh, to laugh. Man. Uh okay. So then he gets the right remote and he ends up clicking it, def- defeats the robot, who then shoots out a bunch of like uh, TV dinners. Oh, no, that was. Yeah, that's fine. He does that. It's stupid. Uh, then uh, an extra little piece of him comes off, which Al flings into the chandelier, which falls on uh, uh, Mr. Cuisine. And OK, all the robots uh, in the world die. That's just how it works. He pressed one button on this remote and every robot in the world died. Um, yeah, yeah, it's called an EMP, Ray. Uh, that's not how an EMP even sort of works. Yeah, you press all. it, and then no one can make TV dinners anymore. You know what? That checks out. Actually, I I take it all back. It checks out. Um, I Man, haven't had TV is, dinner in a long time. That is a really <laughs> gross picture. I <laughs> did you get the picture, I, Chad? 
I, I, <laughs> you got it. I screenshotted it. Uh, All right, put and it in the chat. Yes, I want to look at it. it. Huge distended belly. One of his eyes is like um, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be bloodshot, but it's just like this weird star pink thing. Even there are you multiple. Describing it, it's making me laugh. There are multiple <laughs> bottles of alcohol, possibly poison, unclear that are just like pouring all over the place. There's, you know, like an open, uh, open cans of uh, food. Um, Jan, I want this uh, picture in chat. I want to stare at it. Bone. This is amazing. It's also, um, again, this only, this only showed up for like a second. So this yeah. is a good joke. They, they animated this for just one second for a joke that adults would. And remember that you couldn't screen grab things back then. No. You would have to, you would have to wait until the episode re-aired, get your little camera out Take a take a picture of your TV screen. <laughs> oh so this God. was like a one second joke for it's, just the adults in the room, and like, I appreciate that effort. What I love about it is the picture is so absolutely horrifying. And then you're right, Gina. It's just the heavy breathing that sells it. <laughs> that he's just not doing well. <laughs> I'm fucking dying thinking about it. This is a, here's the deal, makers of Alf Tales. Good job. Yeah. Good job. That was a good uh, bit and it paid. And then at the end of it, something about a fruitcake. And I didn't give a fuck at that point. Like we were done. I, I, I'm going to admit, I did not understand this ending. It was a callback to earlier when they were talking about making a fruitcake. This picture, <laughs> this, <laughs> this picture is horrifying. <laughs> it's so yeah, awful. Oh my God. What's wrong with his eye? God, why? I didn't even notice. I didn't even no, notice. The I, think, I think he's got, I think that's food. I think he's got food on his eye. I think it's, a, I think he's got pink eye. <laughs> and he has a magnet on the fridge. It says, I love I love Al. Al. I love Al. <laughs> What is happening? In Come this on, picture? this is great. This is this, great. This good comedy. <laughs> uh, welcome back to We Laugh at a Picture on a podcast. No, welcome back. Put to... it somewhere for you. One of the one of the boys will do that for you. I will. I here's the deal. I will save this image right now and just prepare it <laughs> because it is absolutely going on all the social medias. Yeah, please post it. Facebook group, oh Twitter. Uh, uh, yeah, I. I didn't, I, I guess I didn't remember that this was a callback and I was very confused. Well, also uh, like the DNA of the Muppet show is very present here. Uh, even a little bit of Monty Python because yeah. it, it, they're doing the, the meta gags, you know, and, and the, the show within the show. And, you know, so basically like they didn't really have an out for it. So they're just like, uh, show's over the, the show of the show. Okay. Everybody go home. Like at the end of uh, uh, Holy Grail. But wait, what was the, like, why did the Bob Dylan character scream and run away? Because fruitcake in the 80s was like a, just a, uh, yeah. a common yeah. trope that there's I mean, nothing. I, I get that. I get that fruitcake is always supposed to be bad. It's always supposed to be. But, but like, he, he doesn't have to eat it. I don't I just don't, yeah. I just didn't understand what was happening. I guess it was weird that he had this outsized response. Um, that was yeah, a little strange. I yeah, I it was, it was that was you know what that one didn't work for me. Yeah, it, it took the yeah, twenty I, minute I, I mark like of the episode. All, I feel like we're we're all missing something. Maybe basically, basically we're talking about it, but basically what happens is they're giving this sort of SNL outro where Garfield is like, and that's our show, everybody. And Garfield's mom comes in and she's like, I made a fruit cake, honey, and it's this big sort of nice looking fruit cake that she brings in, and and she's like, come on, the show is over, the car's running, and he's like, okay. And then Bob Dylan's like, show's over. And he's like, yeah, my mom made a fruitcake. And then Bob Dylan takes a beat, screams, and runs out. He loses his shit. It's really I upsetting. love that this Garfield thing <laughs> has so scarred you that you multiple times replaced the name Alf with Garfield in what you were saying. Right. And you didn't Did even I? notice. All you have in your head is that. Oh, no, I didn't notice either. Garfield. <laughs> God. Oh man, <laughs> this Alf thing. God, I'm just gonna post it right now. I'm just gonna get it out of the way, just, just without context. Just, just the picture. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, pardon me, you guys. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna be posting this on uh, on Twitter using the official uh, knowing is half the podcast <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> do, 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 do. No, please, please continue uh, the show, everyone. Which, I will be which uh, 
for for the record, I frequently use the uh, official who would uh, 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 knowing this off the podcast account um, because do, I'm not terrifying. paying attention, <laughs> and I intend to put something on my own page and then post it. Uh, so there if you we see some weird shit pop up suddenly, and you're like, "Yeah, wow, they're getting crazy political over there on that show," like, "Nope, that's just me." Or it's like pictures of Chan's wiener, and it's like, "Oh crap, I meant to post this to the to my own page where my, I post my, my fans, own wiener." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People pay to look at my wiener. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? Why is that funny to you, Gina? Gina, that's people, not funny. People know you you can look at wieners for free now, right? Not this one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, so anyway, okay, our our, yeah. our 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 picture has been posted with the caption "No context." Yeah. <laughs> so I hope we all appreciate that. Um, and, and that basically is the end of the episode. So thank you very much, everybody for tuning in, uh, any final thoughts on Alf tales? I'll start. I, I, I'll say it again. I enjoyed the heck out of this. It was genuinely funny, genuinely interesting and creative. And I, and I genuinely enjoyed it. I, it made me laugh. So, uh, Chan, great job picking a cartoon that I would enjoy. I will say, I mean, I said it when I posted, I was like, uh, cause like, Hey man, we're all having a rough week, so I'm gonna pick something that's you know is not going to be like uh uh just aggressively bad. I knew it wouldn't be aggressively bad. Um, it it wasn't, but you claim to maybe loathe it, so that that sounds like aggressively bad. At the beginning, I said I'm not sure, and I came into this seeing if you guys could uh, convince me otherwise, (laughs) or you know like how how how's it gonna fall. Now, after having heard you talk about it, uh, I sort of have to sort through my emotions. I need <laughs> yeah, to in therapy. That'll be your next therapy <laughs> session. How was your week? Well, I really need to talk about it because we watched Alf Tales. And Do you, is that I'm not, not what you use your therapist for? Because <laughs> I need my podcast to uh, um, to do my therapy for me and i need to go to therapy to talk about my podcast <laughs> oh boy it's a, uh, it's a vicious circle uh it, the thing is the fact that you both really like it makes me want to not like it more just that's uh, just you know my what? general okay. that is my natural uh uh resting state that is um, a very fair point Chan. because anytime we watch something and i say i genuinely this upset me i hated it so much i can immediately see you swivel on a dime and say oh i'm gonna explain to you why it wasn't so bad dick <laughs> and you're that does lying sound like me that does sound like me <laughs> um but i feel like yes there are there are a few really solid jokes but like i've said before um wild tone swings really don't click with me so i will say that like this is this is an ambitious thing um that just doesn't quite hit for me but it's not bad okay i'll take it yeah that's that feels like as much of a win as we're gonna get out of robert yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. um gina what were your final thoughts here uh yeah i i liked it i feel like if it i feel like if it had been made like 10 years later or if they remade this today it would be it would be so fun i mean you were Uh, the one that posted uh told us that uh, they're making new alf stuff yeah yeah there there's there's a whole new like the rights to alf have been have been purchased and so they're going to release new toys and and all of these things very very excited about uh, but yeah, I, like I thought to me, this was, this was better than just sort of the same old eighties cartoons. That's like, here's the one thing that it's about. We're going to have a lesson. It's going to be a straightforward narrative. And, and like, that's sort of it. I like that they were doing something different before it was customary to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. A little ahead of its time, especially for 1988. Like, yeah. Yeah. If this know. was like 95, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like this was. This was sort of the start of of them doing sort of weirder things with cartoons or or structuring them like little sketches and and putting sort of disjointed jokes in there. But yeah, this was very much at a time when there were still most of the cartoons were still pretty narratively straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so great job, Alf Tales. The <laughs> tales of Alf. You get your day in the sun, and that day is today. 
Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get lots of new fans from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening once again to another episode of Knowing It's Half the Podcast. I will at some point find a way to get some season six uh, uh, graphics made so we can actually start season six. I, I give me like a month. It's going to take a little while. We're going to bounce around before getting back on GI Joe extreme, or we're going to call it season six with no new graphic. I don't know guys. I we're doing this by the seat of our pants. The big thing I want to mention right now is as you listen to this episode, if you'll hear it soon enough over the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, all our patrons on Patreon, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You are all invited to a Wednesday afternoon. I believe we're talking like 1230 PM Pacific standard time. We're going to get together over a Zoom call, all three of us and all of you that want to show up, and we're going to uh, uh, watch. We haven't figured it out yet. We're going to watch something, and then we're immediately going to kick everybody out and then uh, record the show, I think. I think that's how we're going to do it. I don't know. We've done it all these different ways. We're going to figure out a way to do it, and it's going to be great. Hey, you know what? Uh, We can let the patrons decide what we watch. Go and vote. You know what? Yes. So let's, let's put some ideas together. Do we give them a poll of options or do we just say, give us something and we just pick? I don't know. I just thought of this, man. I didn't plan <laughs> shit out. Yeah, I, I say, we, I say we give a few, a few options, but say that if someone feels really strongly about something, they can write it in as an option. Okay, Turn how about this? Line. All three of us, there are three of us, and uh, all three of us pick something. And then between the three of our choices, we let the fans decide on that. That way yeah. we all have to do work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this i'm on board terrible. with everything except for me doing work so <laughs> no, no, you also have to do work <laughs> for the record i'm gonna be the only one putting forward a thing aren't i <laughs> well guys whatever i pick is what we're gonna be watching on Wednesday. <laughs> in the meantime if you want to be a part of that patreon.com slash knowing except the podcast i don't know five dollar level gets you in so let's go five bucks and then you're on patreon with us and enjoying the thing Thank you for supporting us, everybody. You can also go to <laughs> Facebook.com slash knowing except the podcast or on Twitter.com at GI Joe podcast. But individually, I am at Almighty Ray at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And you can also listen to our other shows. But more importantly, if you're staffing something, hire Gina Ippolito to write on your show. That is vitally important. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're staffing something and you're listening to our podcast, wow. What the hell's wrong with you? You, you have a lot of free time on your hands for a yeah, showrunner of a popular more, network TV show. <laughs> more important things to do, man. Get, get to it. Really? What do showrunners even do, honestly, if you think about it? Like, what do you they know do? What? Just Gina run around? has said so many times that showrunners are dog shit <laughs> and Seriously. they're not worth any respect whatsoever. Uh, she says this in confidence because. Uh, you know, yeah. she doesn't want to get outed. So yeah, and obviously yeah. this isn't airing. This part is not going to air in the actual episode of the show. Yeah. Make we sure to edit this out, Ray. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll make sure this gets out. Don't worry about it. I mean, you also don't forget to edit out where where we start the show with my kill list, which is just every showrunner that's ever existed <laughs> in history, and I just recite it. Uh, it's like Arya Stark. Not only is it every showrunner, it's everyone who was involved in Mr. Show and the movie The Maze Runner. It's all of them. All of them get on her list. It's terrible. I just feel like uh, you don't need to put the dead ones on that list because they're already dead. You're just making more work for yourself. No, I, I don't like to. I don't like to cut corners. Ah, Gina is a completist. I had forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too real. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as... 
Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.